Hey guys, Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana with an interesting video today. For those of you who are new to my channel or haven't followed me before my transition over to the Luca Nation Network, um, part of the, the emphasis of my channel was that this is an outlet for me to kind of communicate with the hobby and invite anybody who wants to come along with me on the journey of how I collect. Some of my videos are going to be very boring uh, and may not appeal to people. I think this one's going to probably touch a nerve and be something that a lot of people will enjoy. It's essentially just a discussion of where my personal collection has gone in the nine months of 2022. Uh, so I'm going to show you the 10 biggest cards that I have sold. I'm going to show you the 10 biggest cards that I have purchased. And then I'm going to show you a bunch of honorable mention cards that just didn't quite make the list of the top 10 of each. And I'm going to try to do it quick. I use a PowerPoint sort of slideshow presentation with Google Slides. I know it's kind of nerdy, but some people seem to like it. It also gives you a chance to look at some really cool cards. Uh, again, I don't do this, uh, these videos. I don't really do very much content to tell people what to buy or what to sell uh, or what to buy things for or any of those things. I'm just showing you what I have done. Uh, we're not even going to talk about prices on any of these cards in any great detail. Some of them were purchased on public platforms and sold on public platforms. If you really want to know the price, you're certainly welcome to go figure it out. Uh, but a lot of these cards were bought and sold on uh, off of public platforms, which is another topic that we're going to discuss when we go through this. So uh, let me switch you guys over. So here's my slideshow. 2022, what a wild ride it's been. Uh, that is an understatement. I decided to make a transition of the constituent parts of my collection and make a push into um, into maybe one or two or three different players, namely Jordan 1, LeBron 2. Uh, I'll let you guys uh, comment below if you think I made good decisions, bad decisions, or, uh, or some decision in between, but let's get cranking. So first we'll start with our honorable mention cards that I have sold. This is all in the calendar year 2022. You're gonna see a heavy dose of 1986 Fleer because I did a PSA 1086 Fleer set break in the PWCC Premier and Weekly Auction back around uh, May. And then you're also going to see a heavy dose of buying and selling 1997 Precious Metal Gem Reds because I started the 1997 Metal Gems uh, set chase in late 2021 and decided to abandon it uh, about two months ago in 2022. So it's very interesting. There's going to actually be some overlap. Some of the biggest cards that I have bought in 2022 are also uh, the biggest cards that I have sold in 2022. So on your honorable mention, I'll flip through it real quick. You'll see 97 PMG Red Glenn Robinson. Yes, I know that sounds crazy, but Glenn Robinson is actually one of the more difficult to obtain 1997 PMG Reds for the set. I would consider Big Dog a semi-star. He was a very good player, uh, you know, for the, those old Milwaukee Bucks teams and an incredible player at the University of Purdue in college. And uh, if he didn't win National Player of the Year, he was certainly in the conversation. Uh, you'll see a Jordan BGS 9. You'll see another Jordan BGS 9 at the bottom. I had one point had kind of accumulated a bunch of 86 Fleer Jordans from three or four years ago and uh, decided it was time to liquidate them. No, I did not hit the peak. Uh, boy, do I wish I had. It would have changed these lists drastically, but uh, I did okay because I got in very early. Uh, I won't go into too many details, but I certainly did not hit the peak. Boy, wouldn't it be nice to have a time machine to go back and uh, sell the cards that, at the peak of their uh, explosion 
explosion. You know, usually first quarter 2021 was when most cards peaked. Uh, next, next you're going to see two 1986 Fleers, uh, the Neek and the Magic Johnson sticker, believe it or not. I believe both of those, uh, well, the Magic Johnson sticker for sure had a PWCC eye appeal sticker. And then the Neek was just, you know, the Neek rookie, which is a pretty big card. One of the lower pop Hall of Fame rookies in the 86 Fleer set. Uh, sold both of those on PWCC Weekly. Then you're going to see P three PMGs in a row of three, uh, you know, Hall of Famers: Carl Malone, Jason Kidd, Patrick Ewing. Another 1986 Fleer, Jeff Malone, which is, uh, I think, technically now the lowest pop of the 132 base set cards in PSA 10. Although there's a story behind that with the Johnny Moore, which used to be the lowest pop and still, with an asterisk, sort of is the lowest pop. But that's that's a story to be told later. I sold that Jeff Malone on the PWCC May Premier Auction along with two other. 1986 Fleer PSA 10 cards, which I'm about to describe. Uh, and that is it for the honorable mention. So let's get cranking on our top 10 cards that I sold in the year 2022. Should be some good eye candy for you guys. It might be a little boring because I said at the beginning it's going to be a lot of PMG Red and a lot of 86 Fleer. The first card is this 97 PMG Red, David Robinson 8.5. I sold that at a private sale. And let me backtrack real quick. One thing I want you guys to pay attention to is look at the platform that I sold these cards on. Again, I'm only speaking for myself. I'm not ever going to tell anybody where to sell it or how to sell it. Uh, maybe Golden's your place. Maybe Heritage. Maybe Robert Edwards. Uh, maybe Mile High. Maybe Golden. Maybe PWCC. Maybe eBay. Maybe MySlabs. I could go on and on, as you can see. Um, obviously, Instagram and Facebook are also great alternatives uh, for big cards because you don't pick up any fees you know, from eBay or for PWCC or Golden or whatever. But if you look over here at the platforms that I sold these on, there's nine cards listed on my honorable mention. Only one of those was sold on eBay. If you'd have told me that two years ago, I'd have told you you were bananas. But something to keep an eye on, that the, there's been a transition in the hobby. More and more cards are being sold on auction houses, especially the bigger cards. And there's just much fewer auctions on eBay now than there was maybe a year ago. So number 10 on our list, like we said, the Red David Robinson 8.5. That was sold in a private sale to a set collector out on the West Coast who is... Uh, who is pushing very hard towards the entire uh, PMG set of 123 cards. He's well over 100 cards already, and uh, he is nearing the finish line, which is insane. Uh, he did pick up 89 PMG Reds from me, so that was a nice little kickstart. It was a win-win for him. It was a win-win for me because I cashed out and did really well on a profit margin, and it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a PMG Red would-be set collector to pick up 89 at once. And uh, yes, he's got deep pockets, and it was a transaction that actually got consummated in less than 24 hours. That's how brilliant and wonderful and easy to deal with this particular buyer was. Uh, 1997 Metal Universe Stockton is number nine on the list. So uh, right, right ahead of uh, David Robinson, um, this John Stockton card was the next most valuable card that I sold. Also private sale, also to the same buyer. Card number seven on the list. Uh, same thing, PMG Red. I really love the Akeem. The Akeem just looks so good from this set. It looks like he's kind of emerging from some kind of weird red tornado behind him. It's a BGS, uh, a BGS 8 copy right here. You'll notice that most of mine are going to be BGS or PSA. I did pick up a few SGC slab cards as well. Uh, and so those are uh, that's what you're going to see now. And I can't remember some of these cards I could not find because I sold them in a private sale. I could not find my exact card. So I might have pulled a photo of a card in the same grade that was not my card. So I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't want anybody to see a serial number and say, hey, that's my Olajuwon. I just don't remember, guys. Uh, I think maybe 
you're gonna see 38 cards in this video I think 36 of them were the actual cards that I bought or sold obviously all the cards that I bought are gonna be mine because I still have them uh, or most of them but some of the cards that I sold I just pulled another card same card same grade so forgive me if I swiped a picture of a card and I don't want anybody to say wait a second that's not your card it's quite possible one or two of these aren't the exact card that I sold but it was the same card same grade just different slab uh, I wanted to cover myself there. I don't, I don't want to be posting other people's cards and not making that disclosure. Uh, 90, 90, uh, 1997 PMG Red Shack PSA 5. This was a hard one to part with. For those of you guys who do watch my channel, you know how much I like Shaq. I have a nice little Shaq PC. He's probably the fourth most valuable collection uh, player collection that I have in my entire collection. Right after Jordan, LeBron, and Giannis, Shaq is probably a clear fourth. Uh, this one was a hard one to part with because he's yamming on Sabonis, but most importantly because there's a freaking airplane propeller in the card and who doesn't want a card with an airplane propeller in the background or the foreground, I should say. Very strange. I'm not sure what type of illicit drugs the people who designed these cards were using, uh, but whatever it was, it was working because they designed some crazy ass stuff in this 1997 PMG set. Uh, so that Shackman was hard to let go. Um, he did pay me a nice premium for it. And I, I think I just saw recently, uh, uh, I think a BGS9 Shack sold for almost 40000 to uh, to one of our good collector friends, the Candyman. Uh, card number six that I sold, Tracy McGrady. Uh, I had two of these. I had a, two PSA 6s. Uh, these are Tracy McGrady's rookies. For those of you who don't know, look how little and skinny and scrawny he was. Turned into an absolute mega scoring machine. Twice, two-time leader. Um, in the NBA and points per game during the season, so two-time scoring leader. Let that Tracy McGrady go to the same buyer. Card number four, I know it's getting boring, we're still there. Uh, color match, right? Scotty Pippen, uh, BGS8, private sale to the same buyer. Card number, uh, oops, sorry. Yep, card number four here, we got Kevin Garnett. Uh, this is a BGS8, this is a tough one to let go. It's a big time card for those of you who don't know. Um, the most important thing I can tell you about this card is that no clownfish were destroyed in the making of it. Despite the fact that Nemo's in the background floating behind Kevin Garnett for some reason. Uh, again, you know, I don't know what was going on with KG in the 90s, why he needs blood splattered on his jersey over here. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. I've said it before. A airplane propellers, clownfish, you never know what you're going to get when you uh, open a pack of Metal Universe from 1997. Uh, the next card on the list is the Charles Barkley, right? We're just getting bigger and badder and better players. Uh, Charles Barkley, a real tough PMG to find in high grade. I way overpaid with this one and uh, got a razor thin profit margin uh, moving this one to the private buyer. Uh, but again, I didn't take a loss on any of these uh, 19 cards, including the honorable mention you're going to see, which I'm very proud of. I'm one of those stubborn people where, uh, and I'm trying to get out of this habit, but if I'm into a card and it is down from where I bought it, I just write it out. Uh, whether right or wrong, <laughs> you know, my, my advice is not, not to always do one or the other, but I'm just very stubborn and I don't like to lose or acknowledge failure. And so sometimes I'll just write a card out if I'm upside down in it. Uh, I've recently posted a pretty big LeBron Topps Chrome video that you guys, uh, a lot of you guys have probably already seen where you can see I'm quite upside down on some of those LeBron Topps Chrome cards. Some of them I'm up very high because I pulled them out of packs. That's how old I am. Uh, I was pulling packs in 2003, but some of those I'm actually really upside down in. So uh, I didn't take a loss on any of these cards, so I'm pretty proud of that fact. Card number two on the list, a lot of you who aren't familiar with the 86 Fleer set will be asking, who the hell is Johnny Moore? 
he's a common in the set, but he is a common who was located in a very precarious position on the 10 by 10 print sheet for the 86 Fleer, where print dots were prevalent, centering was an issue, there was some uh, you know, quality control concerns with this particular card number 76 in the set. And so for that reason, Johnny Moore has become sort of a folk hero amongst 86 Fleer set collectors. Even the PSA 9s are expensive, but the PSA 10s are, at least we'll say this, I'm not gonna get into details on sales prices. I did not time it perfectly, uh, but I did really well on the Johnny Moore. And um, you know, the card's valuable enough that as you can see, it was listed and sold in the PWCC Premier Auction, which is primarily for cards, you know, $15,000, $20,000 and up. At least that's the plan, right? So uh, let this one go. There's only about 75 or so of these in the world, something like that. I forget. The pop might have changed one or two. But the interesting story behind the Johnny Moore is that the gentleman that I sold all of my PMG Reds to also has 20 of the Johnny Moore PSA 10s at last count. It might have gone up. I don't know. He might have 21. But, uh, you know, he brings an all new definition to hoarder and what hoarder means to the hobby because he's got about a third or a fourth of the Johnny Moore PSA 10 population in the world. So he is holding many, many set collectors hostage. Uh, and that's uh, an interesting investment play on his part. Boring, in my opinion, but uh, you've got to applaud somebody who's got 21 you know, Johnny Moore cards that are worth uh, multiple five figures. So interesting sale there. That was card number two on my sale list. And then card number one on my sale list, and it wasn't close at all, is uh, the Kareem sticker. And so this is, uh, again, for anybody who does not collect 86 Fleer, this is the linchpin. I am of the opinion that if you don't have the 11 stickers in PSA 10, you do not have the set. So uh, at least you don't have the PSA 10 set. And the same can be said for nines and eights and sevens. I think you have to have the stickers to have the whole set. There are base set collectors out there, and I think there are numerous people who can claim that they own the 86 Fleer PSA 10 base set, which consists of 132 cards. Again, that's no small feat either. That is extremely valuable, pushing to half a million dollars, right? But, um, well, at one point it was well over half a million, but I don't know what it's at now, but you get the gist. It's a very relevant accomplishment, but I don't consider it a set unless you have 143 out of 143, which includes the 11 stickers. This Kareem was a pop 14. I think now it's a pop 15. Um, so uh, that same set collector that I keep mentioning on the West Coast also has uh, four Kareem stickers, believe it or not, out of the 15 that exist in the world, including this one. He actually purchased this off of the PWCC Premier Auction in May uh, when I sold it. And so this card right here is the linchpin to the set. And uh, it's kind of the most highly sought after card slash sticker in the 1986 Fleer set. And it's uh, sort of a white whale. You just don't see them very often. I think maybe two or three. It went about two, a little over two years before any of them were sold publicly. But I think maybe two have sold in the last, maybe three have sold in the last two or three years, something like that. So uh, that does it. And that is what provided a great deal of seed money for these uh, cards you're about to see here. So this is going to give you an idea. As you can see, so what this video is about, it's not just showing you big cards that I sold. It's it's where did I move my money in the hobby? And, and I don't mean to give a spoiler alert, but the cards that I sold and the cards that I bought are damn near identical in value. They are very close. And so uh, from my perspective in 2022, I was essentially moving money from one place to another. Uh, that's really what this is about. This is about 
reallocating my resources and reallocating uh, the constituent parts of my personal collection. So out with the old, we just saw 19 pretty big cards and now in with the new. And so here's where the list of the cards that I bought in 2022 begins. Uh, with an asterisk, there's one more card that would have been in my top 10 that I have bought since I'm uh, filmed this video, or at least since I put this PowerPoint together, it has not yet arrived at my PWCC vault, but I will happily show that in a mail day video in the future. So nine honorable mention cards, and you will see a very um, heavy dose of two individuals, Michael Jeffrey Jordan and LeBron James. And so uh, Ultra Stars Jordan PSA 10, bought that private sale on Instagram, 896 Fleer Thrill Seekers Jordan 9.5 Instagram. Jordan Skybox Meltdown PSA 10, extremely rare card that I uh, purchased in the PWCC weekly auction the week before National. I had my eye on that particular PWCC weekly because I felt that a lot of people would be holding on to their funds and a lot of cards may go under comps in that weekly before the National because everybody's holding on to their cash. And uh, I was right. I picked up three relatively huge cards in that one. Uh, the next two on the list, Skybox Z-Force, Big Man on Court, and Skybox Premium Player, PSA 10. Picked those up in the exact same PWCC weekly auction the week before the National. So uh, that was a blessing and a curse, right? It was great that I picked up three really big Jordan cards in really high grade that are really low pop. Uh, but it is bad that uh, I walked into the National without all of the... Uh, you know, I wasn't exactly flush with cash at the National, but you know, to be honest with you, I used the National to get around, meet people, grow the brand, shake some hands, and uh, and introduce myself to a lot of people that I know and respect in the hobby that I've never got a chance to meet face to face being down here in Louisiana. Um, you'll also see a LeBron's 2003 Topps First Edition Parallel PSA 10. It's a great alternative to uh, those of you looking to collect LeBron rookie cards uh, that aren't you know, Topps Chrome or Topps Paper or Fleer. And so it's uh, just a little bit lower pop card, especially in PSA 10. I think it's a, a shade over 120 population, something like that. Uh, then you're going to see two PMG Reds, which you've already seen. And so here's the kicker on these. Um, these I bought in 2022 and sold in 2022. And there's a couple more coming just like it. And so uh, the Carl Malone SGC 7 and the Stockton SGC 5.5. I crossed both of those over to PSA. And then I sold those to the aforementioned set chaser on the west coast and then the ultra star power supreme jordan psa 10 bought on a private sale as well um, and that card i posted in a mail day on my old cajun cardboard channel which you're happy to go check out let's get cranking on the top 10 right so these are the 10 biggest cards that i bought in 2022 uh you're gonna be a heavy dose of jordan here i'm just warning you so 1997 flare showcase legacy collection row zero serial number to 100 psa 10 Super low pop card, acquired this in a uh, private sale. I've never been, um, well, let's put it this way. I'm always an inserts over parallel guy, right? So I love the inserts more so than the parallels. Don't get me wrong. It's like choosing between, you know, Jordan and LeBron. It's like choosing between Wilt and Bill Russell, right? Both of them are wins, right? Jordan parallels from the 90 are badass and fascinating. This one included, I love it. But I've always been the person who, uh, will prioritize inserts that I do not have in my collection over parallels that I do not have in my collection with the one caveat for the PMGs. Those are the one parallels that I prioritize over everything. Uh, and I'm talking about all four of those PMGs that exist for Michael Jordan. 
Uh, so that's card number 10. Card number nine on the list is the same KG we looked at. I won't take a lot of time on that. So I bought it in 2022. I flipped it and sold it in 22, 2022. And that's the same Nemo Clownfish and the same blood on his jersey that we talked about in the first slide. Card number eight on the list is another Jordan Flair Showcase Legacy Collection Row Zero. Uh, and this one's actually more valuable than the number 10 on the list, even though it's a PSA 10 and this one is a PSA 9. Acquired this card in a private sale. I absolutely love, love the bright blue, light blue, like almost neon script, uh, you know, uh, lettering at the bottom of this card. It just really adds a unique accent to the card. Um, again, I'm not the biggest Flair Showcase Legacy Collection guy out there. I know, uh, but I I know enough to about the Legacy Collection to know they're highly sought after. They're they're you know beautiful Jordan cards. So happy to add it in my collection, and they do take great pictures. I will say that about Legacy Collection cards. They pop. Hopefully, it's popping on your screen. I don't know because I'm looking at a PowerPoint. Uh, next, number seven is the Barkley that we just talked about. I'm not going to waste a lot of time. I bought low, sold high. Great for me. Uh, flip that money into, yes, you guessed it, Michael Jordan, which is card number six on the list. This is a card that ran really hot sort of towards the uh, early part of 2022. Uh, I know that some of the bigger Jordan collectors out there in the world were set chasing this entire set. This is the 1997 SPX Grand Finale. Uh, for those of you not familiar, if you flip the card over, um, this is a card that is uh, that is hand serial numbered. Um, so it's the, the numerator is hand serial numbered, but the denominator is not. And so it's uh, one of those cards. It's the best of both worlds, similar to the Diamond Dimensions, where uh, the numerator is handwritten and the denominator is serial stamped, right, uh, by a machine. So this one's serial number to 50. It's a PSA 9, which is a pretty condition-sensitive card. So I was very, very happy to pick this card up in a private sale as well. Uh, card number 5 on the list. We're getting down to some monsters, guys. It's the 1997 Finest Embossed Die Cut Gold Refractor. Serial number to 74. Uh, this card... You know, it's hard to get good pictures of this card. It's sort of yellow by design, yellowish gold by design. And so sometimes when you look at the card, it may come off as greening or yellowing or, you know, discolored. But um, you almost have to have the card in hand to truly appreciate it. Uh, so this picture is not going to do a card like this justice. But pick this one up in a private sale as well. Uh, you'll notice the theme, right? Are you seeing that the money is going from PMG Hall of Famers not named Jordan into... Jordans, right? And so that was kind of, you know, a conscious effort that I made in 2022 as we saw the hobby continue to decline across the board. I think generally speaking, I think it's safe to say that we're not where we were in 2021 as far as prices. I thought it best to sort of, uh, and again, it's not like the cards that I sold were this high risk cards, right? It's not a bunch of NFL quarterbacks or you know, Jason Dominguez or, uh, you know, Mbappe or anything. I was selling goats, right? What people like to refer as goats. I think there's one goat, but you get my drift. I wasn't selling the most risky cards, but I still like the idea of transitioning my collection into uh, into the goat, into Michael Jordan. So that's what you're, you're noticing here as we get closer. And then here's an aberration. So I picked up this 2003 Topps Chrome Black Refractor. 
LeBron, serial number to 500. It is a uh, minimum gem. I'm happy to add this card. I wanted this card because I pulled the Black Refractor Dwayne Wade out of a pack way back in 2003. Uh, again, I reiterate, I'm 48 years old, fellas. Um, so I've been opening packs for a pretty long time. Uh, I've opened packs so long, they were affordable when I opened them. So I remember opening probably 20 boxes of 2003 Topps Chrome, and we were paying about $110 to $125 a box. Um, it's nuts. You know, if, if that doesn't, you know, reek of a uh, hobby veteran, I don't know what does. But anyway, I was happy to pair this LeBron with that Dwayne Wade because their careers were so interestingly intertwined. And uh, I, Blackwood's always been my favorite refractor. I like the Black Refractor more than the X-Fractor, even though it's lower serial numbered. I like the Black Refractor more than the True Refractor. Uh, that's just me. That's just my personal preference. And I saw that this card had run too low too fast. It's just too low too fast. I, I get that cards ran up and they needed to come back i just made the decision that you know and it's it's not an easy one because if i'm spending big bucks i'm usually putting it into jordan cards uh but this is one of those deals where i put it into my secondary pc and that's lebron james i just i wanted the card i love the card i thought you know now is the time to take the shot and uh to quote michael scott from the office you miss every shot you don't take slash wayne gretzky slash michael scott and let's keep rolling card number two uh, and this one's got an interesting story. So obviously, I'm not a Tim Duncan super collector. I am the one person who thinks Tim Duncan's career at least rivaled and equaled Kobe Bryant's. Do the research, come to your own conclusion. Everybody assumes Kobe's, you know, statistical written resume was better. But I caution you to make that rash assumption. Go look a lot closer. I think he's clearly the best power forward that ever lived. Um, I think he is one of the 10 to 12 greatest players that ever lived. And I think he is right on par with Kobe, albeit he did play a very boring brand of basketball. He wasn't extremely gifted vertically. He uh, just played basketball the way it was meant to be played. And he was almost like a modern day, better offensive version of Bill Russell. Uh, just did whatever his team needed to win. Everybody built, you know, he built a dynasty for God's sakes. The franchise revolved around him and he made everybody around him better and never did anything wrong in the public. Uh, so all of those characteristics, um, you know, are similar to Bill Russell. And so I like to compare those two guys. Again, I don't mean to insult Bill Russell collectors or insult Tim Duncan collectors, right? I don't, I'm not just saying those two guys remind me of each other because they did everything right and they were great teammates. Uh, but I bought this Tim Duncan as part of my set chase and now I'm stuck with it. And it's because... I paid a pretty high premium for this card. You can go find it. I bought it on PWCC Premier Auction. And at that point, and that's what we're about to get to, I was on tilt, man. I mean, this, this PMG Red set chase, I went from one PMG Red, oh, I should say two PMG Reds out of 123. I went from two to 130. Now, there's only 123 in the set, so I had it right at 30 duplicates. But I got to 93 unique out of the 123 in the set in about eight to nine months, somewhere in that range. I had two to begin with, the Jordan and the Shaq, and then I went nuts. And uh, we'll talk more about how that was possible and why I did that and then why I got out of it. Uh, but this is the one of the lasting remnants of what I have left in my PMG collection. I've got this card, I've got the Jordan, 
PMG Red, and I've got the Kobe PMG Red. Those are the only three PMG. Actually, I think I have an extra Malik Rose. If anybody out there, oh, Drexel Dragons, Andrew Goldberg. So if Andrew Goldberg, uh, my new boss, right? Andrew's my new boss at Luca Nation Network. Andrew, if you're watching this video, I'll happily sell you that Malik Rose for twice what comps are if you're interested in uh, picking up a card of the greatest Drexel Dragon basketball player that ever lived. But uh, I've still got this Tim Duncan, and what I was getting at is I paid really a high price for it. This is the one card I'm stuck with, and this is where the stubborn part of me comes through because I just refuse to sell this card for half price. There was a terrible comp that uh, came through, and I think it was on a golden sale. Um, not to disparage golden or whatever, but it, that's just happened to be the platform, and it sold for like half what I paid for it. And so I paid about what the 8.5 was worth, so I was reaching, I knew I was reaching, but I was reaching by about 10 grand. And then for whatever reason, a couple months later, one sold on golden for like half of what I paid. So I'm absolutely stuck. I've had numerous people reach out to try to buy this card from me. And I told them, I'm, I mean, I'm just honest and transparent with everybody. I'm like, guys, I'm stuck. I am not taking, you know, a $40,000 loss on a card in two or three months that I don't worry about long term. I think long term, it's going to be just fine. And so this is one of those deals where, you know, you treat it like Apple stock. I'm not a Tim Duncan collector. The card really means nothing to me. It is a big card. I recognize that. And I know it means a lot to a lot of people, but I can't give the damn thing away. And I'm not taking that kind of, I'm not going to take a bath on this card. So I'm just going to sit on it. It's going to be my collection for a long time. Uh, I guess that makes me a Tim Duncan super collector. And then card number one, the aforementioned Kobe Bryant PMG Red. And I've got two cards pulled up here. Um, the card on the left is the card that I bought in a golden auction. And then the card on the right is the same card, but it's in the PSA label. Uh, when I crossed it over at National, I ran into Nat Turner. Uh, funny story at the National. I never got a chance to meet Nat. He was super gracious and uh, had said he had watched the channel before, which was very flattering. Very nice guy. Uh, Again, everything that you see or hear about him is true. He is a collector first. This dude grabbed the card out of my hand and said, give me that. You're not walking into that line with this. And he walked it over there and submitted it for me. And then uh, the next day it was graded. So I was not surprised it went from a blue label, authentic altered, to a PSA label, authentic altered. Uh, we determined at the National, Mike Baker took a look at it as a favor to me. Uh, and Mike Baker's like, man, this card's short. Somebody trimmed it. And so we know this card has been trimmed. It is authentic. That's why it's slabbed authentic altered. So it's the real deal. It's just somebody screwed with it at some point. I promise it wasn't me, right? I bought it uh, altered knowingly. Uh, I just knew that, you know, there's a premium when your card's in a PSA label from a 1997 PMG red set because it's color match. And the blue label stands out, sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't know why Beckett ever decided on that. Maybe they wanted it to stick out and wanted the would-be buyers to know that it's altered. And sure enough, that is a very uh, distinguishable light blue label. There's no question about that. But I don't think anybody would disagree when I tell you that the red label looks just much better on 97 PMG reds because it's a color match. And what a cool, iconic pose of Kobe uh, on that card. So that was uh, that was card number one on uh, number two on the list. Card number one on the list, and it's not even close, just like the Kareem was not even close as the biggest card I sold. It's the 97 Metal Universe Championship PMG serial number to 50. It's a PSA 8 copy. Um, super happy to have it. Now I have a PMG red. I have a championship PMG from 97 as well. I will never own the green unless 
something extremely odd happens in my life. I, I, don't, I don't know what would happen to where I would buy a PMG green or stumble into a PMG green or even have access to one, even if I did have unlimited funds. Uh, since there's only, I think, nine of them out there, since one was allegedly destroyed, I think that's been substantiated. Uh, so there's four PMGs in the world, right? There's this one that you see on your screen, the 97 Championship. There's the 97 PMG Red, which we've been talking about. There's the 97 PMG Green, which is obviously the Sasquatch, which nobody's going to get their hands on unless they have unlimited funds. And then there's the uh, 1998 PMG, which is, you know, affectionately known as the PMG Gold, even though that just happens to be the color of those cards. It's not actually a gold parallel. It's just the PMG in the background just happens to be gold. So those are the four. I'm on the hunt for that. Uh, quote unquote gold PMG from 98 as well. Uh, those don't come up very often either. If anybody's got one for sale, uh, I am not difficult to find. Just don't molest me on the price too badly. Uh, but that's it guys. And so just in summary, I, just a couple thoughts that I wanted to put down to kind of explain to you why I did this video. Really part of it was just being therapeutic. I just wanted to kind of go back and take a snapshot of what I did, where I went, where, where I'm going and just kind of think about this and explain why um you know bullet point and again this is you know the cajun side of me i can't even number things right everything's numbered one i guess i could lie and say well it's because they're all important but uh number one one is i bought much fewer cards on ebay in 2022 for various reasons number one i'm buying bigger cards than normal i think a lot of the hobby has started to look at bigger and rarer cards as a way to hedge risk right i'm no different so i've done the same so i'm buying um, fewer cards on eBay because the bigger cards aren't selling on eBay. eBay auctions are fewer. If you go searched, if you had searched eBay auctions in 2020 or 21, for God's sakes, and search eBay auctions now, I, I can't run those numbers. I don't know, but I bet there's one tenth as many cards running at auction. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, almost every listing on eBay now for any card that matters is buy it now or best offer. Uh, you just don't see many auctions. I used to live on auctions and thrive, you know, chasing auctions and they're just not there. And for that reason, I've spent less time on eBay because so many of the uh, buy it now numbers are egregious and either don't have a best offer or it's so far away from uh, the realistic fair market value that it's just not even worth making an offer. And then there's been an exodus to auction houses, right? This goes hand in hand. There's been an exodus of huge cards over to auction houses. So if you're buying big cards, five figure, you know, sometimes six figure cards, you're not gonna buy them on eBay. They're not there. People are selling them on Golden, Mile High, Robert Edwards, PWCC, etc. Um, so that's that's point number one. Point number two, one, one, two is 18 out of 19 sales were not on eBay. Um, I did not sell them on eBay. Um, the one piece of advice I'll give, and, and I don't think anybody could really disagree with this, is it's always better to at least try selling on Instagram or Facebook or privately if you know a willing buyer because there's no fees. Um, it's just much better from a seller perspective and sometimes almost always from a buyer perspective as well as far as taxes go, sales taxes. Um, so 18 out of my 19 sales were not on eBay. They were primarily private, PWCC, Premier, and Weekly. And it's just too easy for bigger cards. It's just too easy to sell there, um, you know, and there's just so much less risk. Uh, the next point is that 19 out of 19, I'm counting the honorable mentions here, guys. So there was 19 sales, including honorable mention, 19 purchases. 19 out of 19 purchases were not on eBay. Um, and this is what, you know, my little hint is reach out and meet as many people as you can in the hobby. I've got a big mouth. Some people 
don't like that, right? But I, I can tell you this, if you're friendly and you're cordial and you're inquisitive and you're diligent and you're industrious and you put the hours into this hobby and try to meet the people that you need to meet, and I'm not talking about kissing people's asses, I'm talking about, you know, if, if people collect cards that you know and love, reach out to those people, tell them you like the card, tell them you like what they're doing, compliment their page, um, you know, be positive in this hobby, right? You're gonna make friends. And uh, I could not have moved all those PMG Reds without making friends with the right people in the hobby. Uh, a lot of these cards that you see that I purchased, I would not be able to purchase these cards, uh, but for meeting certain people in the hobby and being asked first to buy these cards in private sales. Um, if you're you know, seventh on the list for a Michael Jordan PMG from a seller's perspective, the odds are you're not getting that PMG. Uh, you need to be first on their list of people that they would consider selling the card to. So um, I can't stress enough how crucial it is to build a network of friends and colleagues in the hobby, not just, you know, so you can get up and grow your collection and dominate, right? It's just, it makes it more fun. I mean, collecting with friends is fun. There's strength in numbers. Um, you know, it's just better that way. I don't know how else to say it. When I used to just click on eBay and sit in my desk and, and this was a solo venture, it was not nearly as fun as it is now getting to speak to you great, you know, watchers and subscribers and all the people that comment on these videos. And now I'm getting to talk to, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people that, that watch and subscribe and listen on podcast platforms to the Luca Nation Network. Um, so, um, you know, meet as many people as you can, meet as many fellow collectors as you can. I took the opportunity at the National to do that ad nauseum, and it was a blast. And I didn't walk out of there with any absolute grail whale cards like a lot of people look to do, but I got to meet a bunch of grail friends. And uh, that should be some kind of quote or clippable deal or something. Uh, maybe the content team can clip that one. I met grail friends at the National, and that's more important than picking up grail Jordans. Yes, I said it. Um, I moved money out of set pieces and into Jordan LeBron. Is that not clear? Uh, you guys saw what I saw. We just looked at 38 cards. You looked at the 19 I sold. You looked at the 19 I bought. Uh, my motto in this hobby, and I'm going to say it, and you're going to get sick of hearing me say it, this is just my approach to the hobby. All paths lead to MJ. It's always that way. It's always going to be that way. Uh, the MJ cards that mean the most to me will be the last cards that I ever sell in this hobby. If I'm selling that my big dog MJs, that means I am on the way out and there's been necessitous circumstances that have driven me out of the hobby. Uh, 10 out of 10 purchases were serial numbered. I wanted to hedge risk, right? I wanted to get out of set pieces and I wanted to get into uh, high-end Jordans and LeBrons. 10 out of 10 of the cards on my top 10 purchases list were all serial numbered. Eight out of the nine in the honorable mention were all serial numbered as well, but only one card uh, of the 19 was over pop 20. Um, and look, I, I shouldn't say, I'm sorry, I did not mean eight out of nine were serial numbered. I meant eight out of the nine in honorable mention were lower than pop 20 in the grade that I purchased them in. Only one was over and it was the 2003 Topps uh, first edition LeBron James. And I think, as I mentioned, that's like a pop 120 something, 130 maybe, something like that. So still not a high pop card, but you get my drift. I'm looking to move my stuff. And, and look, I'm not telling you anything everybody else hasn't been preaching for the last 18 months. People are moving their money into rarer stuff. Um, I, I don't know if the pendulum is going to swing too far. I don't know 
if high pop cards are uh, are dropping too much in value, there's going to be a floor somewhere on high pop cards like Doncic and Zion base prisms and tops Chrome LeBrons. There's going to be a floor. It, there is. It, it's just the way it is. Uh, I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know how long or how low that floor is, but uh, I'm not doing anything differently than everybody else in the hobby's doing. I just wanted to take you along with me on my journey. I'm putting my money into rare stuff, stuff that's going to matter 10 years from now, God willing. Uh, and then nine out of 10 purchases were from 1997 or prior. 2003 was the most recent uh, manufactured card that you saw on this list. 2003, let that sink in. Uh, nine out of my 10 purchases were 1997 and before. I love the 90s. Uh, a lot of us out there that collect cards love the 90s. A lot of us think that the 90s can't be replicated. And while there are some fantastic things going on in the hobby in the you know late 2000s the tops chrome era the exquisites uh the prism era you know the all the panini era the the short print inserts the national treasures there's some awesome stuff out there man incredible stuff um i just have an allegiance to the 90s uh because that's when jordan played and that's that's the those are the cards i care about the most so you you will see me collecting cards from the Panini era, trust me, going forward and prospecting and flipping and making deals because I love that aspect of the hobby too. But this video was just about showing you guys where my money was and where my money's going. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. If you got any questions, throw them in the comments. If you think I'm an idiot, throw them in the comments. If you enjoyed the video, put it in the comments. And if you hate me, put it in the comments. I'm fine with it. Uh, a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily gravitate to really fast talking, but a lot of people say, thank you, thank you. you uh, you're really efficient and you get through videos. Uh, you get a lot of information in videos, despite the fact they take 40 minutes, you get about you know 80 minutes into a 40 minute video. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I've got so much more great content. I can't wait to share with you guys on this Luca Nation network. Um, I'm easy to find, by the way. I don't know if we talked about this. I'm Cajun Cardboard on Instagram. I'm Cajun Cardboard on Facebook. I still have Cajun Cardboard channel out there. So uh, all my new stuff's coming in through the Luca Nation network. But if you ever wanted to go retrofit yourself and acclimate yourself to what I've done in the past, I got 148 videos, guys, saved on that old YouTube uh, Cajun Cardboard channel. Go check it out. Uh, it's still there. Uh, you, you probably could learn a lot about me if you go back and watch some of those videos. And I even have playlists, right? And so my videos will either be investing or collecting oriented. This one's a little bit of both, but primarily, um, you know, primarily collecting in my opinion, because we're not talking about numbers. We're not talking about profit margins or flips or when I'm going to sell the cards that I bought. It's not about that. All 10 of those cards that you saw, all 10 of those cards, well, except for the PMGs, all 10 of those cards are going to be in my collection 10 years from now, if I had to guess. God willing, I'm still here and kicking. Uh, but uh, anyway, as always, I don't take any of you guys for granted. I'm so excited to meet all the new friends and new watchers on the Luca Nation Network. Hopefully, you guys will be seeing more from me. And hopefully, I can bring you some content that's both educational and entertaining. That's always my goal. Educational and entertaining. I don't know what else there is, but uh, hopefully, I can bring some value to your day and uh, help you enjoy the hobby a little bit more. And uh, thanks for watching. So keep collecting, stay positive in the hobby, and peace.